Good afternoon, dear parents and families of HES Academies. Welcome to another family engagement broadcast. And with me today uh, are Ghadir Fakhreddin and Jasmine Alawi from uh, National Honor Society of Star International Academy. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for introducing us. We also will have Hala Mala from Access with us to present on mental health awareness. Hello, Hala. Welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me and hello, everyone. Uh, we are excited today to present to you, before we go to the uh, um, Hala's presentation, we are going to present a National Arms Society's anti-bullying campaign. Uh, before that, I'd like to do an announcement. First of all, uh, next Tuesday, uh, November 8th, uh, 2022, there will be no school for students. It's a professional development day for staff and students will have no school on November 8, 2022. Enjoy that break. And without further ado, let's hear uh, the uh, National Art Society present on anti-bullying campaign. Hello everyone, my name is Ghadir Fakhreddin and I'm the president of NHS. Hello, I'm the vice president of NHS and I'm Jasmine Alawi. And this is our NHS anti-bullying awareness campaign. And they are disconnected. So we'll wait for them till they jump back in. In the meanwhile, Hala, how have you been? I'm doing great. How's everything with you? Great, great. Uh, we all we also are presenting a video at the end of the uh, program. I'm actually let me actually present it now. Perfect. To give NHS the opportunity to uh, get back online. Uh, this is a little video clip uh, about a minute uh, from the uh, last uh, family engagement uh, breakfast and professional development that took place at Star International Academy has please enjoy it and please join us for the next family engagement breakfast and broadcasts wherever they are we hold them in, in all the hes academies Welcome back. Uh, Hello, we're going to go to the presentation. We probably will uh, will put the NHS presentation at the end of this uh, episode. Okay. So uh, without further ado, this is Zahala Mala from Access. She's a public health coordinator at Access Community Health and Research Center. She's experienced in serving and advocating for individuals, groups, and communities. And she will be presenting today on Mental Health 101, both in English and the Arabic translation will be written on the screen. So please uh, do watch the screen for Arabic translation of the content that Hala 
is presenting. Without further ado, this is Hala. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so I will pull up the presentation and then let's get right into everything. Um, and then just to also add for the family breakfasts that are happening. So we plan to also be at a few of them, um, part of Access and some other programs within Access as well. Uh, so we really do look forward to having uh, parents attend and to meet with everyone, find out about our services and to also present some different information uh, from the ones that we regularly have over here. Uh, so Yeah, thank you, Hala. I just want to remind everyone that November 11, so next Friday, we actually will have, not next, yeah, next Friday, actually. Next yeah. Friday, we will have a family engagement breakfast at 11 till 12.50 at Star International Academy has, and Hala will be there to present on um, um, social media and electronic use awareness. Mm -hmm. So please be there. It's a very important presentation and there will be a raffle tickets also for parents. Perfect. Thank Thanks you so much for reminding me about that. Of course. <laughs> and so I will get right into the presentation for today. Uh, and it's about mental health 101 for teenagers, also for children. Um, and this is aimed towards the parents as well to understand mental health a bit more and then uh, to be able to help their teen, to help their child, uh, whenever they are struggling with some sort of mental health issues, uh, that way we can get them the help they need early on. So next up. So we'll look over what mental health is and then versus mental illness, because there is a difference in between the two. So sometimes we use them together, uh, but they actually have some different meanings behind them. And then also the causes of mental illness. So what causes this? And then also, how do people start to view those with a mental illness? So that would be that stigma. Uh, and then also how to reduce it. So we'll talk more about what stigma is, how can we help uh, to reduce it, and then all the good things that will happen if we do so. We'll also go into some examples uh, very briefly, and then also help you to learn how you can help your teenager, your child, manage and cope with mental illness. So the main focus would be on encouraging mental well-being, which we'll talk more about, and then also what we love to do in Access is to always give people services, uh, resources, any phone numbers that they can call. Um, that way we have a bunch of different services that are beneficial to you. So we love to get you connected. And then you're more than welcome to contact me as well uh, if you want to learn more about some of these programs, some of these services. And so mental health is basically the well-being of a person. So the state of your well-being, how good do you feel? Um, and how well can you cope with the different things that we experience in life? So when we're looking at teenagers or for anyone really, uh, we would look at how well they can work, how well they can be productive, how well do they get along with others? How can they contribute to their community? Do they feel connected to their community? And then really what's motiv motivating that person? So every day when they're working, going to school, uh, really just going about their day. How is this person approaching their day and how are they feeling about that, about themselves? And then how do they view the world around them and others around them? It's also going to affect, again, how we feel and how we behave in many different aspects. So emotionally, psychologically, as well as socially around us. And mental health is something we all have. So it can either be positive or negative. And just like we can have good physical health, uh, we can also have positive physical health, negative physical health, but we still have that physical health. And so mental health should also be uh, looked at, considered and treated in the same way that we look at physical health uh, illnesses or disorders, because people usually won't treat a person that has uh, diabetes or any other physical condition uh, negatively, but if someone comes out and says they have some sort of mental health struggle, they might be viewed negatively or treated differently. And that's really what we'll talk about today, especially for the teenagers, especially with parents helping their children. I mean, how can we really improve people's lives and help them in these kinds of ways rather than just viewing them negatively or making them feel like they have to handle it on their own? And so mental health affects many different areas, like I mentioned before. So this just lists them out for everyone. Um, it's going to affect how we're feeling, how we're dealing with other people, and then 
how are we feeling about our lives? So for teenagers, especially how well they're going to do in school, the types of friends they have, if they have any friends, uh, the kinds of choices they make for their health in their relationships and their friendships, and then also how well they're going to perform in school. So are they going to set goals for themselves? Are they really going to try and apply to colleges? Are they thinking about life after school? Um, are they taking it seriously, trying to pass the exams? And then are they going to try out for after school activities as well? And overall, how well do they feel within their community, whether it's their school community or their overall community that they live in? So we want to make sure we're encouraging teens, especially early on, because this is the phase and the stage in their life where they start to learn all the skills they need. And that's where they're really forming their self-view, their self-image, the view of the world around them. And if we don't catch it early on, then it might be too late moving forward as an adult. And, you know, they could make changes in adulthood, but it's a lot more difficult than it would be if they were teenagers. So we play that very important role uh, in helping them to form these new skills and habits early on so that way they can be the best possible version of themselves as they go into adulthood and later on in their lives. And so the key point here also is that poor mental health could result in the teenager feeling unhappy, having a difficult time thinking, they might feel overwhelmed, and then their ability to handle those stressful situations really. Because also with the work that we do with the substance use prevention, uh, we hold the idea that if a student or a teenager or any person doesn't have these coping skills, that solid self-image, the ability to handle difficulties, they may be more increased to try and cope with these life situations in a way that's harmful to themselves, whether that's violent behavior or some other unhealthy behaviors like substance use. So now we move into mental illness. And this is defined by the American Psychiatric Association as a mental health condition that is going to involve some sort of change in a person's emotion, their behavior, their thinking, or some combination of all these different aspects. And the key point for this is that if a mental illness is left untreated, then it can impact the person's daily life. So again, how well they're working, how well do they care for themselves and others, and again, how are they interacting with other people? So we really need to get to the root of this early on because that, again, can help the teenager, help the person uh, to reduce the likelihood of having all these negative effects on them moving forward in their life. And like I mentioned earlier, we wouldn't treat someone that has another medical condition negatively. We won't blame them. We won't tell them to stop having diabetes or to stop having whatever uh, medical condition they have. We would be there to help them, get them the help they need, connect them to anyone who could support them. So we need to shift that mindset and to understand there is no shame in having a mental illness and there is support, there is treatment available. We can always get them the help that they need the same way we would uh, for any other medical condition. So keeping that mindset when speaking to your teenager, if they come to you and tell you what they're feeling, uh, not to really push them away and let them handle it on their own, or to tell them just to stop, we would really take this seriously and see, okay, what can we do? Ask them the questions and then see what is out there that could help them through this time. And so we look now at some of the causes of mental illness. So there are also going to be a few uh, notes about what things aren't the cause and those are very important to be focusing on. Uh, but before that, we'll look at some of the things that are causing mental illness. So this isn't a full list, this isn't 100% going to apply to everyone out there, but generally based on research, based on information, it could be uh, due to a combination of these factors, some of these factors could be involved in a mental illness. So sometimes it could be from genetics, um, they could run in families, again, not the case with every single person, but it is a possibility. And then it may also increase the likelihood of that person developing a mental disorder, um, and then it may be passed on from someone to the child. Also with biology, some mental disorders have been linked to neurotransmitters. So these help the nerves in the brain communicate with one another. And if something, the chemicals are out of balance, something's not working properly, some of the messaging could not make it through the brain correctly. And then that could lead to the symptoms of mental illness. So there is that biological standpoint as well. Um, and also the possibility of some brain injuries or defects 
uh, to certain areas of the brain could also be linked to some mental illnesses as well. It could also be due for some people, um, along with those other factors, psychological trauma could be another uh, contributing factor, as well as environmental stress. So some of these different traumas differ from person to person. What is traumatic for one person might not be traumatic for another person. So it doesn't always have to be something that's um, very intense or something that's very frightening. It could just be something where the person felt a loss of control. They felt some sort of harm, some sort of threat, uh, either towards themselves or towards someone around them, uh, maybe even witnessing that kind of trauma as well happening to someone else. And then it can also be some environmental stress that goes on uh, with people who are already vulnerable to a mental uh, disorder could also have a mental illness triggered due to these kinds of stresses. And so we look at the role now of mental illness stigma. And I mentioned this a bit earlier, but that stigma is due to when people have a negative attitude, some sort of discrimination against those with a mental illness. So there are two different forms that could happen. There's that social stigma, and that's when other people have this attitude towards those with mental illness, or they might have this idea around mental illness that is incorrect. So they might view them as being harmful, dangerous, uh, they're making a choice, they're weak. These kinds of things are negative talk, they're negative views, and they do a lot more harm, and they don't do any good for anyone involved. So being careful of the way we speak about mental illness, uh, especially to a person or even around people, because we never know who might have some mental illness, uh, mental health disorders, and if they hear that kind of talk going on, they might feel discouraged. And then we'll go more into the details of how harmful a mental illness stigma can be, mental health stigma can be as well. And then due to that social stigma, there can also be self-perceived stigma. So this is when the person uh, internalizes or takes all that negative talk and takes it personally to themselves. So they start to view themselves in all those negative ways. They might view themselves as weak um, in any other negative form that others around them are also speaking about or referring to others uh, in that kind of way. And so they take that onto themselves, and that also leads to many harms as well. And so some of the effects now that would happen, so if someone is either hearing these things or something is being said to them, and we know there's this large stigma in the world around mental health, mental illness, and unfortunately, it has many negative effects, like I mentioned earlier. And then some of them would be a person not wanting to seek out treatment, so they might not want to get the help they need because, again, they're ashamed, they're afraid, uh, they're hearing all this negative talk going on around them, and they start to think, I can't possibly get the treatment then uh, because they're just feeling discouraged. There's no one around them telling them it's okay um, and telling them this is something that you can get help with. They're really just blaming the person, making them feel afraid and ashamed for them. And then if they do end up wanting to seek treatment, it's oftentimes delayed. Because again, they're not really motivated, they're very reluctant to seek that treatment. And if they eventually do, it might be too late, right? They could have gone early on and then gotten the help that they needed early on uh, at the very beginning of when the symptoms were starting to show up. And then that person might experience avoidance, isolation, not wanting to be around other people, um, and also might feel that social rejection, feeling like they're not accepted by others around them. And that's going to lead to this lack of connectedness to their community, to the world around them, uh, to people around them. And then that could lead to their well-being, uh, their psychological well-being to get worse, their physical well-being. Uh, everything else really about them might start to feel worsened. They might also feel misunderstood around uh, friends, family, their peers. Uh, especially for the teenagers, they might feel isolated from their schoolmates. They might avoid going to school. Uh, not wanting to be around other people as well. And with that, unfortunately, there are real threats that can happen. So a person might be experiencing some sort of violence, bullying, maybe harassment due to their mental illness. And then looking also at some of the other factors would be that poor quality of life and then increased feelings of shame and self-doubt. So the stigma around this mental health overall to really take this point away with you makes it difficult for people to seek treatment that they need. 
And then these conditions may get worse over time. So people end up not seeking that treatment, their outcomes get worse. And so we failed then to get this person the help they need and potentially save many lives moving forward. And so this can really cause a large scale issue uh, if we look at it this way, because the words that we say, the things that we talk about, especially around other people, really impacts them and really is a lot more impactful than we think it is. So if we can shift that kind of view to something that's more supportive, more positive towards these, more informed, uh, based on facts, based on education, we can start to really shift these views moving forward, especially with our younger generations. That's something that they can start to carry on with them to let their peers know, let their families know about the importance of speaking about these things in a positive way uh, to get people the help that they need. And then I did mention earlier um, some of the causes of mental illness. So this is everything that mental illness is not. It's not the parent's fault. It's not a sign of them being a bad parent. They did nothing wrong. Um, it's not the teen's fault either. So if someone has a mental illness, it really isn't the parent's fault. They're not to blame. But the teenager, the child themselves is also not to blame. They're not a bad teen. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're bad, lazy, and it doesn't mean that they're faking it for attention. And then the flip side, it also does not mean that the teen is violent. It does not mean that they're dangerous. And it also doesn't mean that the teen, the person, cannot get better. And it does not mean that the teen is embarrassing, is an embarrassment, or is bringing some sort of shame to their community or to their family. That's very important to understand. Uh, this is something that the person, the teenager, is truly experiencing and needs that help and support and understanding as well. So it might feel like something that's uncomfortable or something that's new information to a parent, to a family. Uh, but this is something that is common and can be helped. And there are resources out there to get that person help. So kind of not to feel like this is only happening to, you know, one parent and they might feel like I can't tell anyone about this. Uh, no one else in my community understands. But that's far from the truth. Uh, mental illness can affect anyone and it affects many people, uh, but it is treatable and it also can be prevented, it can also be supported. So it's never really too late to get that teenager the help that they need. Especially again, the younger, the better, getting them started as soon as possible, uh, connected to resources before those symptoms get worse. I won't go through uh, all the details of every single mental health condition that's listed here, but just to give an overview um, on the screen, there are just a few different mental uh, health conditions that a teenager most commonly could experience. So these are just common among teens. Uh, and then again, a mental health condition is going to have some negative effect on the way a person is going to think, feel, and behave. And it's going to affect those different factors in their life. And so some of the more common ones would be anxiety disorders, could also be depressive disorders, uh, obsessive compulsive disorders, and then also sleep disorders, or other mood disorders as well. So there's bipolar disorder or also eating disorders. And so again, just this is going into detail about some of the mental health conditions that teenagers could experience. I will just touch upon a few of the points because we do see these commonly with teenagers um, and that would be either generalized anxiety. So having excessive worries about things in their everyday life, whether that's school, family, friends, whatever it may be, and not feeling like they have that control over their worries or feeling like they need to control a lot of these aspects in their life, but feeling that loss of control towards doing so. There could also be social phobias, so having these intense feelings of self-consciousness, feeling insecure, lowered self-esteem um, in these different social settings, or also depression, so having these feelings of sadness uh, that feel like they're persistent and then also may experience some anxiety or feelings of emptiness. And then these go into a bit more details about the generalized anxiety disorder uh, from the previous slide. So the person might feel fatigued, they might struggle to concentrate, this could show up in the school setting. Uh, so looking out for these signs early on could help to maybe have a conversation with the teenager, see what's going on, and then see if there's a potential uh, mental illness, mental health disorder going on there. But just because a teenager or a person might experience a few of these, it doesn't necessarily uh, automatically mean they might be struggling with a mental health disorder. 
but it is worth looking more into and then taking those next steps to speak about it and then connect them to any help that they might need. So some of their mood, uh, feeling irritable, might be feeling too worried, can't really keep it under control. Uh, sleeping might be disrupted, so having a hard time staying awake, falling asleep. Uh, they might complain of feeling very tired. And then also having a difficult time with just staying energized and motivated as well. So if they're really fatigued or feeling restless and wound up. And then some of these symptoms of social anxiety disorder. So if you see they might be experiencing a lot of self-consciousness, uh, fear of embarrassment, this fear of offending people, rejection, or also worrying about being judged. And they might be feeling anxious for a lot of these different things um, that have to do with socializing. So any social events, uh, any kind of needing to communicate, to put themselves in that center of attention. And they might also be struggling to make friends, to keep them, or also maybe complaining of some sort of physical feelings uh, when they are around people. And then for depressive disorders, uh, this is the list of some of the different symptoms to be looking out for as well. Uh, so it could look similar to some of the other disorders that were mentioned, like struggling with concentration, uh, their memory, their sleep might be disrupted, their eating habits might be disrupted, and then they might be looking like they're irritable, they might feel hopeless, um, or any of these kinds of things as well. Uh, that lack of energy, that fatigue also shows up here as well. So we have a bit of a background now of some of the common mental health disorders. Uh, again, that's not an entire list. There are many more uh, that could be looked into, that could be read about, and then to learn more about those as well. But when it comes to trying to help your teen manage and to also cope with mental illness, it's important to understand that many of these mental illnesses can be prevented. Uh, but sometimes, like we said, you know, due to stigma, due to denial, like not wanting to accept that this is happening to the family, to your child, um, many parents don't bring the child in until after the issues have been going on for a while because of that denial. So that can lead to those symptoms to get worse and then to potentially not be able to really get to the root of the cause or to manage it before it gets severe. But it won't be too late. There's still that possibility of getting better, keeping symptoms under control, and then letting the person feel a lot better. And so many parents feel that mental illness can never happen to their child, again, due to that stigma, that social stigma, or maybe that internalized stigma as well. Maybe the teenager uh, feels reluctant to ask for help, doesn't want to talk to others about it, doesn't want to admit that there's something going on uh, based on what they've heard uh, in the community, on TV, in the media. All these different things uh, play a role in this kind of situation. So what we can really start to do again is to work on reducing that stigma, those stereotypes, and then any negative behavior against people that are experiencing mental health conditions. That would be that great first step in beginning to shift these ideas and to get people the help that they need. And when we want to help teenagers to manage and cope with mental illness, there are many approaches we can take at different stages. So when you're looking to address symptoms before they get worse, the first step to really take would be to talk to your teenager if you are concerned, um, if they might seem stressed, or you might have seen some sort of change in who they are and their behavior, the way they look. It's best to address it first in a conversation with them just to find out more of what's going on and how can you help them. So again, it might not mean that there's you know, automatically some sort of mental illness going on or a psychiatric diagnosis is needed right away, but it is a good step to just see, you know, the signs early on of what could be going on and if there is anything that's going on. Maybe they're just feeling a little stressed about something at school um, or in their lives and then having you speak with them could really help them to feel better and to learn how to cope better with any kinds of stressful situations. And then continuing to look at how can we address some of these symptoms before they get worse, uh, it's really a good idea to check in with your teen, just asking them how they've been feeling and how are things going in their life. And then trying to listen to their words, pay attention to any kinds of changes in their behavior, um, and also making sure to listen more than you talk and really hear what your child is saying. So 
if they're trying to express something that they're experiencing, uh, the way that they're feeling, not to try and, you know, finish the sentences for them, uh, thinking that you know exactly what they're feeling or what they're going through. By really doing some of that listening, just to get as much information as possible, maybe all they need is someone who is just listening to them and doesn't really need anyone to solve anything for them. Maybe they just want to feel heard uh, or listened to as well. And it's really a good idea at this stage to validate their feelings. So if they share something that they're feeling, uh, don't try and deny it or tell them, no, you're not feeling this or no, things are going well for you. Uh, really acknowledging that it's okay what you're feeling and then encourage them to keep talking. After that, we can start to either teach them different skills that they need to label their emotions, accept their emotions, uh, learn how to handle these emotions. So if they're feeling stressed or angry or upset at something, they can start to learn how to handle that in healthy ways. So whether that's taking a walk or trying to breathe slowly, uh, maybe take a nap, rather than switching that coping mechanism to anger or yelling or any kinds of unproductive uh, coping habits. And then it's really a good point to, uh, beyond this kind of situation, to regularly teach teens, teach children different ways to manage whatever they're feeling. So once they can learn these skills early on, especially as a child or a teen, uh, that can be carried on with them throughout their lives. And they can start to cope with emotions, cope with any stressful situations in a healthier way, rather than, again, turning to anything that might harm them. And a child is also, a teenager is also going to pick up on the behaviors, the habits they see around them. So it might be something worth trying to pick up a healthy habit, uh, try to add healthy habits into your own life, especially when your teenager is watching. So whenever you're feeling angry, as best as you can to try and handle that in a healthy way, um, so that way your teen can just observe and then carry that skill on. Uh, they might not know that they're doing that, but they really do model uh, and take on the different behaviors that they're seeing around them. And again, if a mental illness um, has happened, there is a mental illness that is diagnosed for the teen, it's still not too late to get them the help that they need, even if some time has passed. So you don't only have to focus on before anything has happened, but it's okay if something has happened and you can still you know, get them the help they need or take the steps that are needed in order to help them out. And it's always important to educate yourself about these different topics, so about mental illness, about mental health, and to begin talking more openly about these. Because if we're not really educated on them or we don't know too much about them, we might start to assume the worst, we might have a lot of misinformation, and that, again, leads to many of that stigmatizing behaviors that we see. And then now that you know a few of the warning signs, it's also a good idea as you're trying to learn more about mental illness uh, to learn more about the signs and symptoms, to see anything that you can keep a lookout for. And even if your teenager doesn't have a mental illness, it's still good to see if there are any warning signs. That way you can have that conversation with them and help them through whatever they might be experiencing. And then also, the main thing I can say is to not jump to conclusions, not to blame anyone. So don't blame the child, the teen, um, don't blame their friends, and don't even blame the events or situations that your child is experiencing. We don't want to really push any blame, but we do want to help. We do want to stop anything that's being um, a negative impact or a negative factor to the teen. And we also don't want to keep enabling this kind of behavior. So enabling behaviors would be to blame uh, to judge, to dismiss anything that the teen is going through. And then that would keep them uh, experiencing or taking part in those behaviors that are harming them. It just might enable that kind of behavior to go on. And then being aware of our language, even if it's to um, address that stigma or just to help the teenager as well. And then that reassurance, letting your teen know they're not the only one who experiences this, uh, they're not alone in this, can also really help to let them feel like this is something that's common and it isn't something that's their fault because they might not know about this. Uh, they might start to think it's their fault, there's something wrong with them, but letting them know that that's not the case at all. Even that can be a great step um, in starting to work on this process of helping to reduce any of the negative effects. 
And then also it's very important to speak with a professional, a mental health professional, a primary care doctor, uh, someone who can get them the help they need, someone who's qualified to get them the help that they need. Um, especially if you need more help in this process, uh, if you don't know what to do, if you've educated yourself, if you've had conversations, but you still feel like uh, there's something that's going on that cannot you know, go away or that's not going away with whatever you're doing, there's nothing wrong with getting that advice, getting that help, and then also uh, having the doctor maybe refer them to someone who's specialized in this kind of thing. And also, uh, it has been recommended that different types of therapy can be helpful. So some of them are talk therapy, uh, can really go a long way as well. But speaking with that mental health specialist and then getting that specific advice for your specific situation um, is something that I recommend very much. And so as promised, uh, here are some of the resources. So uh, with Access, we have over 100 different programs. And part of this programming is the mental health, behavioral health programming that we have. Uh, and so here are some of the programs listed, some of the services, the different models that are used. And then here are some of the numbers and addresses as well. So I'll keep this up here for a little bit. Uh, we do have child and adolescent uh, health programs. So therapy, mental health services, and we also have services for adults as well. And then many of the services are uh, bilingual, so many of the therapists speak Arabic um, and English as well. And then you can just call, find out more about how much uh, this would cost or anything like that. They can give you those specifics. And so I did want to just touch upon a bit more about my program, the work that we do. And I'm part of the Substance Use Prevention Program and a lot of the work that we do is based around that education and then getting people uh, the help that they need through that kind of education. So we go into schools, we speak with parents, we speak with students, uh, just like I'm doing right now. We also have these family presentations. Uh, we're also in the community a lot and we're trying to get more in the community as much as possible. And the main focus of our work is to reduce that stigma to let people know that there is help out there, that there's nothing wrong with seeking that help. And then also trying to let people know more education, more facts about mental health, substance use, so that way we can overall reduce that moving forward. We really want to start with reducing that stigma, but also highlighting a lot of the positive things, you know, the things that are going well uh, with people, with students, with the community, and trying to increase that as much as possible. Because a lot of the time we might be focusing on what's going wrong, the harms, um, and all the negative things that are happening. But we believe there are many strengths, and we're always trying to bring that out and trying to put that into focus as well. Uh, so thank you so much for listening today. I hope there was something beneficial that you can carry on with you right now and to start practicing. Um, and as always, I encourage you to attend more of these kinds of um, presentations, and we look forward to speaking with you again next time. Thank you. Thank you, Hala, for this presentation. And uh, this will be available also immediately afterwards uh, in recording. So it can be shared with whoever needs uh, to hear more about this uh, important information about you know, introductory information about uh, mental health. What does it mean? And uh, also, uh, very importantly, how you address the stigma about it. NHS, are you available? Uh, yes, hello, we're here. All right, you want to come in for your presentation? Hello, hello. hi. From uh, National Art Society of Star International Academy, they'll be presenting on anti bullying. You want to share your presentation? Yes. Again, I would like to remind the parents that uh, Tuesday, November 8th, there will be no school. Little announcement for student government. Voting is extended till Monday morning for all academies that have student government. For STAR, I think it's going to be even extended further with further instructions to come. Without further ado, NHS. Hi, uh, my name is Ghadir Fakhreddin. I'm the president of NHS. Hi, I'm Jasmine Alawi. I'm the vice president of NHS. And this is our NHS anti-bullying awareness campaign. 
Okay, so this is actually something we showed to kids this morning, your kids if they attend Swartz Academy class. And we essentially just wanted them to start thinking about times they've experienced bullying, witnessed it, uh, and what they react, how and what they reacted to it, how and what they reacted to it. And also the like opposite of that, like times that they felt good about themselves. This was essentially to show the comparison and like really accentuate like the negatives of bullying. And um, on the right, you can see it's an, an, a quote from an anonymous uh, high, high school student from Star International Academy. And they basically were just talking about how they used to joke with their friend, but they were actually bullying them unintentionally. And it just goes to show like, uh, how it actually hurts both parties in the long run, and not even just the one being bullied. The bully was ended up hurt too. Next, we actually have a video that NJHS and NEHS collaborated together in making. The students worked really hard, stayed after school, collected hours, and made this phenomenal cinematic masterpiece. So can we go ahead and present that, please? suspended and apologize. Sorry. Hey guys, it's your favorite Narges. Today I'm wearing all black Bro, and- no one cares. You're literally so ugly. Just don't even try it. because of my glasses. I'm insecure because of my weight. My biggest fear is not being good enough. My biggest fear is failing. That's it. My biggest fear is letting my students down.
So after students were given um, the video to watch, they were told to do an activity. And basically this activity, each person was given a note card on their desk to see something positive about themselves. For example, I'm a good and caring person and deserve to be treated with respect. Um, we did this in order to encourage a positive self-talk and help the students gain some confidence that they may, might lose. All, bullying is a very hard thing that a lot of people go through um, and it takes courage and compassion to understand like your feelings and seek help and get somebody to listen to what you're saying because sometimes you're dismissed for your feelings. This, the positive self-talk for the students helps them kind of feel more encouraged about themselves, more confident about themselves and just allows them to be able to express themselves in a way where they can push away the bullying and those bad feelings and the bad things said to them and kind of just like focus on their self-love. And on the right, it shows uh, the other part of the activity that we wanted to do, uh, where we told them to finish the sentences. Like for example, it says, I am a brave person. And then they would complete that with a time they were brave. And they actually, we have examples of that here. That we want to read here. Um, sorry about that. Uh, a student said, I am a good and caring person and deserve to be treated with respect. And it, another person said, I am loved and cared about. People who care about me are my mom and dad. We have some samples here from elementary. One person said, I am capable of achieving success in my life. Another person said, I am here for people and I know people love me and will be there for me when I need them. Always love yourself. And there are like hearts and flowers all over it because they were told to decorate it how they want to. Uh, so essentially with these, we want to make a mural around the school and it just wants, to, we just intend to remind everyone every day that like we are here for them, they are loved and it just is set essentially to give a support system to our students here. Bullying is um, a very hard experience and you go through so many different emotions and a lot of times kids can get confused or even be afraid to express those emotions to a parent or an older person. So if you're a parent and you see that your kid is being bullied, cyberbullying at school, physical bullying, all of that, you can always, always, always come to the school, talk to our social workers, talk to a teacher, and we'll be able to provide the help that your child needs. And if your students are interested in helping like as we are, they can join NHS maybe next year or next semester. We may be opening more activities. And yeah, it's just a really great way to help the community. Thank you so much for listening to our presentation. We appreciate your time and patience with us. Thank you, uh, Jasmine and uh, Ghadir for this uh, beautiful presentation. Um, and uh, this is, I think this is the second year you do this anti-bullying presentation, right? Uh, there was a play uh, maybe last year or a few years ago, also anti-bullying. I love this uh, annual habit of reminding uh, ourselves about the importance of uh, standing up uh, to bullying and uh, being uh, active and facing it. So uh, the video has been posted on Stars, uh, all-star social media sites mm -hmm. and uh, we thank you again on behalf of uh, all the HES uh, family for uh, your your great work and we hope that we continue to see the great uh, uh, things that NHS continues to do in our community. Thank uh, you so much we appreciate that. Thank you and thank you Hala uh, again for your presentation and access we will see you next uh, Friday, November 11th, on a face-to-face -face presentation uh, with Hala uh, in, at Star International Academy has with breakfast and uh, professional development. The topic will be about uh, awareness, electronic awareness for parents, both in Arabic and English. So we hope to see you all there. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. HES Academies have been serving the Detroit metro area for over 23 years, promoting academic excellence, leadership, and cultural diversity, ranking as some of the top schools in the state of Michigan. Our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions. 
and with advanced placement, college dual enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic language programs. Nor International Academy in Sterling Heights at NIAPSA.org. Star International Academy in Dearborn Heights and in Canton at StarPSA.org. Universal Academy in Detroit at UniversalPSA.org and Universal Learning Academy in Westland at ULAPSA.org. Join HES Academies today and enjoy a free Chromebook for every enrolled student.